Yo, what's good, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Fun with Dumb. Um, I'm here with the homie um, who's been in the entertainment industry for a long time, um, but in the last couple years has made a name for himself as a filmmaker. Um, and his films have been uh, touched on a lot of Asian American uh, issues and storytelling, which I'm a huge fan of, obviously, from all the guests I get on here. We are here with Justin Chan. Hey, hello. How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for pulling up. We haven't really had a chat, um, you know, about a bunch of things because we've actually gone through various moments together throughout this Asian American journey, um, including like certain auditions. Yeah. And like this funny shit I wanted to talk about. Okay, cool. Yeah, but um, um, in general, you know, congrats on uh, last couple of years with Gook. Thanks. Um, Thank you. That was your debut film? Well, you know, um, I did make a film before that. Jin, right? Uh, no, no, no. I made a film called Man Up uh, with Kev Jumbo. Yeah. yeah and okay. I don't, I don't want to discount that because, you know, the biggest thing is that, like, I don't want people to get the impression that you just come out of the gate. Right, right, and right. You just start, you start doing good shit. I think it's really important that people know that it's, I got, you got to keep swinging. No, 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 yeah. for sure, for sure. And, and even before that, just kind of learning the ins and outs of the industry for being an actor. Yeah, you know? for um, sure. Uh, let's just go back. Um, how, I mean, how long have you been acting for? I started acting around 20, 21, right around like 9-11, like 2001. Okay. Um, the incident made yeah. you want to act? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Like, yeah, let's go on Changed my life. No, um, um, so that, that's been over a decade? Yeah, like almost two decades now. Wow. Um, so... You know, and I, you know, I went to USC for business, and then, and then after my freshman year, I did like a, a summer internship in Silicon Valley, and I just immediately was like, I can't spend my entire life in an office. Right. Um, so I just started to see what the other options were, and then, you know, I never thought acting could be a job. But that's you know that's interesting that like you go to school. A lot of people have told me similar things. Like they'll do the whole school program, but realize it's not for them once they're actually like in in the world, yeah. in the industry. Like you're yeah. sitting at the table, and you're like, you know yeah. what? This. Yeah. <laughs> but that's crazy that you like you went through the school and you were like, mm -hmm. okay, this is cool. I think I could yeah. do it. Yeah. And then you're thrown in it, and you're like, nah. Exactly. I, I think that was good because like um, being in an office. Now I know. If in moments of doubt with this career, uh, oh man, I should have just been a salary man. It my life would have been easier. No, I know like that would have been like a horrible path for me. Right. Yeah. Right. For sure. And it's so like, but but why why did we just go into acting right after you know you were like this isn't for me? Was it something you were already already interested in or what? You know, I always liked sort of performing and stuff, and you know, um, my dad was an actor in Korea when he was a kid from like 10 to 25. Oh shit, really? Yeah. That that's interesting being yeah. a, like child actor during that time cuz that's yeah. a that's a different time in entertainment in Korea as well, right? Yeah, it was different like from what my dad told me, it was a lot more pure. It wasn't about money. It was I mean, he did it for money. He right. won like a when he was 10, he won like a talent competition in Korea. Right. Um and he got like a television contract, but back then it was much more like a family when people go and do a production. And then as it got as he got older, it became more and more of a business, and he didn't really, right. he didn't really vibe with it. So he moved to the U.S. But um, it was a different time. It wasn't like it is now with K-pop and all that. That's what I'm saying. I don't yeah. hear a lot of stories about uh, entertainers during that time. Yeah. And shit. I can only imagine like what it's like to be interested in some shit like that back then. Yeah. So it's kind of it was really progressive. You know. That's rare. 
Yeah. And when my dad went to college, he went to Hongdae. You know, like that's right. like a spot, mm-hmm. right, for for like young people now. But but uh, he went there for photography, which was like a useless major at that time. And um, so the dude was artsy. He was artsy. You know, my mom like studied piano and stuff. So like they they were artists, but. When they came to this country, it was about making money. You know, right. they really wanted to make money and and um, do that whole thing. But my dad, that's what I do appreciate is he never forced me to to do anything in particular. Yeah, he was like, "Dude, you got to. It's your life. I mean, but whatever decision you make, that's on you." You know. Yeah. What well, What was your first like acting role um, that you actually booked out here? Uh, that I got paid for. To get my SAG card, uh, SAG card's like the union, the actors union, right. and to get that, I did, I did a bunch of extra work. Okay. Um, so you did, you did, you were like, I, I need to get this, I got to join this union, so yeah. I'm gonna do whatever it takes, do yeah. all the extra shit, background shit. Oh yeah, man. In the beginning, I I was like shameless. I was mm. like uh, filing headshots at like a D level agency, hoping right. that they'll send me out to one audition. Um, and in the beginning it was like anything i would do anything but my first i guess i got you know i got paid for that and that is considered acting i guess but uh the real i started doing commercials in the beginning commercials yeah Yeah, so i did a toyota spot i did this stupid fucking thing uh for t-mobile called uh i was part of this poser mobile posse (laughs) and i go collect fees from people that you know and i was you know but that was a, a huge lesson early on i'm so happy that I uh, experienced that early because it was supposed to be for like wannabe gangsters. Right, right, right. And being in the audition room, I was like, okay, I was looking at everybody, it was every race. Yeah. And I was like, shit, how am I gonna set myself apart from these people to get the role? And I was wearing like this this blue velour suit with like yeah. a white Kangol hat and I was like, okay, I'm gonna go in there and do an accent, right? A Chinese <laughs> accent. So I fucking like, was I discriminate discriminated myself? Yeah, yeah. I went but, in there and I, but it was funny. It was funny, yeah, but yeah. like, and they got I got hired, right? But when I was doing the commercial, like, I felt really terrible, right? And, and then at lunch, you know, this this black dude was sitting across from me, we're eating, and he was like, "Why the long face?" And I was like, "Man, I think I fucked up." You know, I I did this act now. I feel like a phony. I feel dumb. I feel. You like, felt like you sold 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 out your people or something. Yeah, and then he was just like. Then don't ever do it again. And then I really right. I was like, okay, I won't. And that that's interesting. I feel like as an entertainer, right? Because yeah. you want to make people laugh, and then what if they start laughing too hard? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, well, you're laughing a little too hard on yeah. that shit. But it, it's yeah. it's a conflict, you know. Because yeah. my my thing was, you know, um, always being the class clown, like getting that laugh. Yeah, you yeah. know, getting no the reaction what. no matter what. Yeah. And then you, after a while, you're like, oh damn, I think it's the wrong way the wrong approach yeah you know yeah but i think that that is healthy in terms of developing because you know you just you just start to figure out what's right and wrong and 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 what you what your what your own boundaries are and here's the thing man is i don't ever judge anyone on whatever their artistic path is yeah if they choose to do that if they choose to you know portray you know asians in that way or whatever i'm not the one to tell them that's wrong right i can have an opinion about it right but i wouldn't be like hey don't do that because that's their life yeah for um, sure i mean like you said you you've went through it you done you yeah. did it one time or a few times or whatever yeah. you know what i'm saying I, yeah. I mean i've been in, put in positions like where i did it you yeah. know like we've we've talked about this you know i've actually shared this same story which uh, about you and me in that audition room 
with uh, Bobby, Bobby Lee and Bobby Hundreds when we did uh-huh. our episode. It was fucking funny. But as you know, we're just talking about you know roles, and Bobby Lee's talking about all the roles he's done. Yeah. And, you know, he's done a lot of accent stuff too. Yeah, yeah, he is. You know, but he's he, the motherfucker's funny as fuck. Yeah. Man. Um, but those incident, we were in a role in an audition room where I came across. Uh, we ran into each other, but we also ran into like seven other asian actors that are in a bunch of stuff yeah you know um and that that also put a lot of stuff in perspective because like we're in this room and you would think that some of these people wouldn't have to audition for yeah. things you know like they're ogs yeah in, in the game but we're all auditioning for like like a guest role on uh two broke girls or something yeah and um we're all reading the lines everything's fine except uh the the casting lady comes in and it's like oh it turns out oh, we want you to do this in an accent yeah which like I feel like if they told us ahead of time, that's cool. Yeah. But they literally told us we're waiting in in the waiting room. Yeah. And they, as soon as they tell us, everybody's like, what? Yeah. That's fucking It weird. was like a trick, you know? That's why I was pissed. Because Did you think it was a trick or what? Like, you yeah. think they, they all had that intention from the beginning? And I don't know. You know, yeah. like, truthfully, I can't say what their intention was. But to wait till an actor gets in the room and then put them in that vulnerable right. position and then tell them, hey, do an accent... It's hard at that point to to change directions and be mm-hmm. like, "Fuck you, I'm out." If they had told us beforehand that we could have made the decision before we came to the audition not to come or not, right. but to put us put us in the room and in that situation, I thought was pretty fucked up. Yeah, no, it was yeah. fucked up. Yeah, it was fucked up. And, and I remember everybody. The the room was like everyone's kind of mad. Some people were like, "Fuck, should I do this? Whatever." And one of the OG. Uh, Asian actor cats there was like you know what just go in do it if you get it you know if you get it then you can have that discussion later yeah which which sounded like pretty level head I was like Absolutely. okay cool like I respect that yeah you know what I mean he was so cool about it I was like okay yeah. I'm gonna do it <laughs> with the worst fucking Asian accent you know I but um I remember you were not happy about that at all you yeah. stormed out the room you're like yeah. fuck this shit I don't want to yeah. do it like it was like dramatic through the fucking paper and the air <laughs> shit's falling everywhere <laughs> Um, and, and you left and I remember like the day or two after you wrote a whole piece about it, it got shared all over the internet with all yeah. the blogs, uh, entertainment blogs and uh, Asian Americans like, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. And I felt like shit cause I went in the audition. I didn't throw yeah. the paper or nothing. And everybody, I'm, I'm seeing all these blog, uh, like blog posts being shared by people like, yo, Justin, fuck yeah, blah, blah. And I'm on the side like, fuck, I got to pretend like I never but you went know, to you this gotta audition. Know, yeah, but you got to know that that wasn't my intention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to yeah, make yeah. anyone else feel bad. It was just, for me, where I was at, um, it, just on my side where I was at, I just couldn't be down with that. And right. it was, and I, I agree with that actor, like mm-hmm. that, that actor that said, you know, go in there and decide later because also someone's going to take the role. Right. It's not going away. Right. So... The other side of that argument is you take the role and you make it into a human, right? Like humanize it so that and and do a great job. So at least there's some sort of like humanity to it. Right. So that's the other argument. But for me personally, it was, you know, I was in a spot where where I was starting to get really frustrated as an actor. And I felt right. like, yeah. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck, fuck these people. That's that what it was. It was like you, you know, for me. I, that was one you know i'm just getting in getting yeah. my foot in the door uh for you I, I could imagine the shit you've probably endured in that industry yeah you know yeah. I've, i mean i'm getting to the point where yeah i've last couple of years I've, I've gone in and out of stuff now i'm like writing a lot more and stuff yeah. but it is frustrating yeah and i think that 
the point where I was at, I needed to let them know it was fucked up. Mm. And I needed them to, and I needed to do something so to create some noise. Right. So that people read that, that op-ed or whatever and, and they kind of will think twice before. And this is pre, you know, Crazy Rich Asians, all this exactly. shit. Exactly. That's, you that's know. the crazy part about so, it. So it was before they were scared to mm. like, I just saw, you know, do you see Aziz's new stand-up? I did, yeah. And 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 I loved it because right. he he's you know he's saying like yeah like white people kind of a little nicer right now right yeah yeah he was definitely like punching <laughs> white people around a little bit <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah but before it wasn't like that and it was right. like just do what you're told mm-hmm. and my thing was like fuck you I'm not gonna do what you tell me you know I'm not right. gonna I'm not just because you have the power like and a, one director did tell me early on he said you know as an actor your biggest power is to say no right. And I always took that to heart because, yeah, I do have a choice. Um, and that's the thing, man, is I don't know, like everybody has different intentions for doing this and being in entertainment, whether you're a rapper or, or actor or writer or director. For me, it, it was never about the money. Right. It was, it was never about being rich or famous, actually. It was about like me being able to express myself and, and put my art out there. And then I felt like... You know, with this whole thing, like, it didn't facilitate any of that. Right. So I don't care if I don't get the job, and that's where I was coming from. Now, I feel you about the money thing. I mean, especially when I got into acting, like, I make more money off of music than, yeah. than like, you know, you get a role on a part. It's, it's yeah. ain't shit. You yeah. Know? So you have to really enjoy that work. Yeah. But even, even, even music, like, I do this because, first of all, I love the kind of freedom I have yeah. with scheduling stuff too. Like, yeah. I love that. And I love, like, I, 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 don't, I don't like the setting of work of nine to fives. Like, you got to go in and do yeah. this at the time. I like moving at my own pace and creatively mm-hmm. and all that. But, yeah, I feel like that 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 was interesting because it was pre-Crazy Rich Asians. And you can't really do that now because you'll get grilled yeah like any person pull some shit like that yeah. they know if somebody just spoke up the same way you did it'd be like even 10 times worse you honestly would. yeah that shit would spread like a fucking wildfire bro. yeah it would have if i put that out and that that whole situation happened now it would have been everywhere right you know um and they would have probably found out which show it was and all that stuff you know in the, in the op-ed i didn't mention what show it was because i was like no this is something bigger than just this particular project and whatever but you know, it was something, and I was just, I to be honest, and also I was just mad. I was yeah. like, "Fuck you guys!" You know, I'm not like, I'm not gonna just bow down like that. Right. Um, and that was, and I don't know, you know, like, I wonder if they saw that article. <laughs> probably not, you know. But fuck them, you know. You mean and, they're not checking AngryAsianMan.com? Yeah, yeah. No. they're not checking. But you know, it's just like also. Where we, <laughs> where we come from? I mean, we're from we're from this area. Yeah, you know where we come from. It's like if you was if we were just walking down the street and someone like <clears throat> punked you like that, we would never take it. Oh yeah, I mean that that <clears throat> wouldn't even fly really around here. You know, it's like we've we grew up in predominantly like Asian communities. Yeah, and I, I sometimes I forget that there's yeah. like a kid in Wisconsin who's the only Asian motherfucker in his town. Yeah. We're over here yeah. like, ain't no one going to start some shit. You start yeah. some shit, it's a wrap for yeah. you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it is a different attitude. Yeah. Let me ask you this, though. I know, like, has that changed a lot? You know, obviously, we live in a different time with the, you know, Asians and Hollywood. And um, I've, I, I've noticed when I go out for roles or the description of the roles, mm. that's changed a lot. Oh, yeah. Have you, know, have you noticed that? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I have mixed feelings about it because... 
it's gotten better for sure. That's one hundred percent for sure. But I mean, it's also the roles are still stupid. You know, right. it's like I also feel like they're just kind of throwing us a little, little crumb, like here, yeah, let me, a little crumb. Let's make this guy. Uh, it's the quota, right? right? It's the quota. So I see somebody on a show or whatever, and it's like now it's the opposite. Like, oh, we're kind of the dumb ones or whatever. They think they're like, how about just human? You know, right, like right. how about just like you know, and that's where I appreciate like comics, right? Because yeah. they're fully themselves, mm-hmm. warts and all. Yeah, and they don't have to fit into like uh, a category, like um, cool hipster. Yeah, uh, or or uh, the guy who is a love interest that that is a uh, really buff and. You know these ex- these descriptions of the characters. Are, I'm like, this is stupid as fuck. <laughs> right. You know, and and um, but it's cool because now I think less and less we're going into rooms and we don't see because that audition we saw from like probably like 20 years old to 50 years old. That's that's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I forgot about the yeah. It was like really <laughs> there like, was no specific. It was just like Asian. Yeah, that yeah. Was it. Asian, and then we're gonna make you do an accent. Right. You know, right, and right. let's see who wins. You know, um, but well, now it's like a little bit more specific. That you know? is so crazy too. Thinking about that, that they didn't have a specific age range on that. Yeah. It was literally yeah. like or type. It was just yeah. Asian. That's Asian so man, you know. That's hilarious. Um, so you know, in that way, it is. It has progressed, um, but there's no, there's no nuance to it. Right, right, right. You know, um, what what has your like what what's been your goal in the types of storytelling and the types of Asians that you've been trying to show in your films? Like, because you like you said you had mm-hmm. the film Kev Jumbo, yeah, and even then you show these two types of Asian dudes that are kind of like losers, you yeah. know, locals. Um, yeah. And there's like a recurring thing. Right? You want to show like different types of Asians. Maybe there's a type that you want to show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the The biggest purpose, I think, is to bring empathy to our community. That's number one. That's the first criteria. And then secondly, is it something that a, a group, a segment of people that don't have a platform or a voice? That's a second sort of a criteria for me and then apart from that i i just want to find you know pockets of subcultures of asian americans that are that feel authentic but are specific Mm -hmm. that i feel you know i'm interested in you know and and you know i i've said this a few times but you know crazy rich asians that's great man and i i think we need that but most of us aren't in the 0.001 percent right that that film is about Right. Um, and not only that, it, it, it takes place in Singapore, you mm-hmm. know, um, and just being from Southern California, like a brother and sister from K-Town. Right. You know, like I, I don't get to see that. And what, what does that entail? The nuances of that and trying to authentically portray that, you know, my next project, I'm doing um, a Korean American adoptee from the South that's mm-hmm. getting deported. And I'm like, I've never seen that. Right. Um, and that is a certain type of person that I don't think Hollywood is trying to make a movie for. Right. You know, um, that's what interests me. And I think that the nuance and the the reality of it, the visceral sort of uh, aspect of it is what gets me riled up. 
No, I feel you. I feel the same way coming from Koreatown, and I see, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm out here, and I hang out with people out here, and I feel like they have all these stories, and we talk about, you know, growing up in this neighborhood and stuff, but I know for a fact that if the few voices, like whether it's me or a filmmaker like yeah. you or whatnot, don't tell the stories, it's never going to get fucking exactly. told. You can tell just like hanging out. <laughs> like, yeah. unless I say some shit, like yeah. cats aren't going to know this, you yeah. know? And if, I feel like if you know you have that talent or you have that that skill to tell these stories, then you got to step up to the plate. Yeah, and that's exactly, it's like, that is my responsibility, you right. know? Uh, me personally, I can't speak for anybody else, but that is my responsibility because I have a certain perspective and a certain life experience uh, that shades my storytelling and if I don't utilize that then we will never get that story yeah that's a sad thing about growing up in these types of neighborhoods because mm -hmm. you have a lot of people that are that have the potential to do great things that never get there oh man you know what yeah. I'm saying like I, yeah. I hear every every day I'm surrounded by people with crazy stories yeah. of things they've gone through yeah man you know and I, I feel like I gotta be that kind of vessel and that bridge to yeah you know get those stories there yeah and I think that is also lends itself for interesting storytelling right because we just haven't seen it like we don't need to see another you know fucking like you know, nothing against it, but like Tiger Mom story told in like a traditional sense. Right. You know, what's your perspective? What is the right. thing that makes it special? I'm just like, why are we, why, and I think we do it to ourselves, like I did in that commercial. Right. We just keep putting ourselves back in the cycle of, of repeating stereotypes. Right, right. We do it to ourselves. It's true. And, and that, that, I'm definitely not trying to do that, you know. I, um, I also think it's about ownership. Like yeah. for me, it's like, I want to, take ownership of our own stories yeah. before other people come in like mm -hmm. that's a movie yeah yeah you know yeah. like i hate that i shit, fucking bro. hate that shit man there's a lot of that going on even in our own community i feel like a thousand percent i'm just like why is it that you want to tell that story i i always ask people when they tell me like uh they want to tell a story about us yeah i go what 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 like not to put them on the spot or anything right, like right, what right. is your connection to that just it's like a curiosity yeah, like why do you yeah. want to tell that story? exactly and then i just the thing i'm curious about is where their heart is at right the authenticity yeah the, are you like, genuinely interested in telling the story yeah you know and and i think because it will show on the screen yeah you know it will it will translate to how the story is told with how much care and and all that stuff you know like especially for something like the la riots with gook and stuff i my family got looted you know right. we we were we had a store in paramount you know right across the 710 freeway from compton and we got looted during the riots and i didn't th number one like you're saying i knew no one was gonna tell our story right it's, it's korean americans you know being here at that time and experiencing that and secondly no one was going to have the perspective that I had because we went through it. Right. I can honestly do it with respect. And, and let yeah. me let me just add on to that. Yeah. Um, I I know making a film about the LA rights is very difficult, and uh, I think you being in the industry, same same with me. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of uh, drafts and scripts of these films, right? Like, yeah. have you seen that too? I've seen the certain, a lot. Yeah, yeah I and read I've a, even auditioned for them. Right, yeah. I read a few scripts and things and. You can tell like it's just not quite there yet yeah. with the perspective and stuff, and yeah. um, so that that was interesting. How you probably gone through all that, and you were like, "I'm still gonna take a stab at it." Yeah, yeah, and you know, for that particular project, what was important? Here's the other sort of 
bigger macro thing that I, I take a look at is I feel like we're living in a time right now where all the, the storytelling for, for races are segmented. So we have Black Panther, Crazy Rich Asians, right. Ms. Bala, all need to exist. That's, that's great because we're taking ownership of, of us, right? My counter-programming to that is how we coexist. Right. So if you if you notice my films, it might be about Koreatown, but there's a Chicano dude in there. Right. And there's a Chicano, a Mexican-American theme that runs through the film. Um, and, you know, Gook is just as much an African-American story. And as I'm telling that story, and it's just as much an African-American story, I really have to sit down and really think about their community, put myself in their shoes. Like you said, the empathy. Yeah. You know, it's so important, especially a story like the LA riots, because I've been in documentaries talking about this and even watched other things. And I always say there has, there wasn't enough of a post riots discussion between communities. I always still feel like that. Yeah. Because there's obviously a lot of pride in communities and I understand that, but pride could be a monster that doesn't let you understand the whole, the bigger picture of things. And whether you like it or not, we're going to have to coexist moving forward. Yeah. You know, we're going to have encounters with each other in the community. Yeah. And honest, like sort of honest discussion, you know, like even if it requires some arguing, right. you know. Right. And that was sort of really important to me is it's not comfortable going back to that and like in, in, in showing the, the, the conflict between koreans and blacks at that time because everybody's like we're already past that we've yeah. we've gone through it now we're in a yeah. good place but it's like are we in a good place it's like i still know people korean people in the town black people in town who don't like each other yeah. at all yeah yeah and we never talked about it exactly we never really sat about it, talked about it in a meaningful way where where it's an open discussion that's public you know maybe like you have a friend or like that kind of thing but but not on like more of a public forum um, so that was really, you know, sort of important to me, and you know, it informs the when I when I think of a film I want to do and how I want to tell it, it is inclusive, right? You know, but not just for the sake of inclusivity. I'm trying to figure out how I can shed light on how we relate to each other a lot more than we're different, and that's kind of a running theme in in the stuff I try to do. Um, but you know, man, like, you know, I have a kid now. I have, a, I, have a, I have a you know a year and a half old daughter and that really that really changed like the type of shit I want to do. And really? Yeah. How, how, how did that change your perspective in in this art form? Well, the biggest thing is I know I'm going to have to be accountable. You know. Yeah. I, I with the stuff you put out or what? Do you yeah, mean? everything. Like, like yeah. the stuff I put out, the stuff I say, the stuff I stand for. Because sometimes I look at my dad and I'm like, "What are you about?" And I kind of go through our past and 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 you know i feel like being korean all of our families are fucked up yeah (laughs) you know and and just kind of dissecting why that was or or the dynamics that happened and and just looking at my dad as a man or my mom as a woman um you know it's hard not to to judge right and i love them but i know you know 20 years from now when I have a discussion with my, and I want to have such an open relationship with my daughter, right? that I want her to be able to ask me anything. Yeah. But then also the choices I make, I want to at least try to not not regret stuff. I, I will say that I, I agree a lot in, in what you're saying because I do feel like being rebellious is easy when there's no consequences. Yeah, yeah. 
you know yeah and we had like we had we've had a lot of that growing up me yeah. too like i was like i don't give a fuck always yeah. i was that dude too I'm, yeah. I, mean, I remember seeing you in this community <laughs> yeah you know we fucking yell wild shit yeah. at gatherings and galas and yeah. events or whatever i mean i was the same attitude um you know i've gotten a lot older mm. i have a niece i've also see that a lot of kids have grown up with my shit at yeah. this point, you know? Yeah. And the whole mentality has changed. It's yeah. like, I do give a fuck about shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I was like, I yeah. don't give a fuck before. I'm like, <laughs> I do give a shit now. Yeah, yeah. I feel the same way. I do give a shit now. Um, and, you know, I believe that us in the entertainment industry, we do have responsibility. But, like, I don't judge. It's like some, if so, everybody can do whatever they want. Right. But man, how awesome would it be if we did use it for something great and and you know change people's perspectives and you know and and uh, at whatever level, even if it's just a little bit like I don't think all my my films are going to be successful, or whatever. But but I think it's a cumulative effect. You no, know? it's great. It's meaning for art is is. The best thing about meaning for art, it makes me feel less broke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that too. I'm that like, too. no, no, no. This shit is rewarding. Yeah, it's doing yeah. something for the yeah. community. Don't ignore the bank account. Yeah, like, man. That, that, that's totally true because, goddamn, sometimes I'm like, shit, why the fuck am I doing this? You know, like, yeah. I got shit to, I got bills to pay. <laughs> and why am I not taking this job and I'm doing this? And, yeah. Um, Keep yeah. Remember, just make sure, just know that you're doing important work. Yeah. It'll make you way less feel shitty about <laughs> yeah. your bank account. I yeah. tweeted this the other day. I tweeted, I was like, um, just because the numbers aren't there doesn't mean you're not doing important work. <laughs> <laughs> and then the follow up tweet was like, is what I say to the in the mirror while I'm crying. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, but you know, I will say something that you did put out there. I think it was on Twitter that I really appreciated was. You were like, you know what, like people see me as whatever, blah, blah, blah. But the truth is, you know, up until recently, I was driving a Honda Civic. Yeah. And yeah. you put that out there and you go and 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 then you also had like something after that saying like, you know, but, you know, your explanation to it and you why you're why you're putting that out there. And I really appreciated that because I think that transparency and honesty is important for everyone because it makes us human right and and the in the in the things that we're doing also like it, it makes everything sort of it's not all glitz and glamour and if you choose to do this take this road or whatever right. you know it's not what you think it is it's also going to be very liberating for yourself it's like yeah. really letting out this breath you've been holding on yeah yeah you know? because I'll, i'm the first to be guilty is you know there's times where i made a lot of money and there's times where i wasn't and and you know but i always worried about like what kind of car I drive right you know what like how people see me and stuff and you know like who cares right and i i constantly have to to challenge myself to not give a fuck yeah i have to challenge my and that's the the, the honest to god truth and i think that people don't want to acknowledge that kind of shit they want to be right. like pretend like dude and especially in this culture right now with you know you know trap rap and all that and and like you know everybody has like crazy diamond chains right. and all that who cares? Let, you know? let, me, let me ask you this. Has it been harder to make those drastic financial decisions after you've had your kid? Because, you know, like just a couple of years ago, you you was like dropping money and yeah. uh, asking people on a Kickstarter, yeah. you know, to fund this film. And yeah. you're putting your all, your, yeah. everything into it. 
you know, yeah. and then you have a kid. <laughs> yeah. But is that decision a little bit just difficult to make? Be like, my next thing, I'm going to, all the money we make, we're throwing it right back into this shit. It is hard to put your money where your mouth is, right? right. Um, and there is a calculative sort of thing just being Asian, specifically <laughs> specifically right, being right. Korean. Yeah. You know, um, I remember I had met, like, you know, Dave Cho at, like, some event, and yeah. he was like, I'm Korean. I fucking love money, right? Yeah. And I, I, I agree, you know, like I think we all love money and where we come from, like we're, we're programmed to love money. Um, we kind of have, have this like inside budgeting. Yeah, we have like this, like whether we could turn it on or off, it's like still budging in the back of yeah, our mind. Like, it, like, it'll be really hard for me to hit rock bottom with this Korean <laughs> yeah, budgeting yeah, yeah. gift that <laughs> exactly. I have. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, you know, with that in mind, you know, it is difficult. Yeah. Um, but it's why, like, I started selling all my shit and I started, like, you know, being much more conservative, you know, like, you know, I used to drive a really nice car. Now I, and then I bought, like, a used Honda Fit. And I was mm. like, now I don't have to worry about car payment and, like, stuff like that. Right, right. Um, but after I had a kid, in a weird way, it's become easier. Because mm. I know the principles that I want to teach her aren't those. Right. That, like, money is important, whatever. And let's be honest, money is important. Let's right. not fucking say that. Let's not fucking say yeah, yeah, yeah. money's not important. It is important because it gives you fu- it gives you freedom to make choices, right? So the other flip side of that is sometimes my answer to my daughter will be, oh, yeah, I made that choice for money. Yeah. I think that should be okay, you know, but the overall, like the overall picture is is there's purpose, um, but I'm not going to do something for money that, that compromises uh, my beliefs. Right. You know, but I will take a job that's for money that's a happy medium. Um, but then but then I don't need to be <clears throat> I don't need to make hundreds of millions. That's that's the other thing, you know. Right. That's if it happens because it's fruits of my labor, then cool, you know, but I don't think that that is what I'm that is my goal. Right. Is the money part of it. I think for me it was very easy. It was a very easy decision for me to not get into flexing all the time yeah because my dad was stuck on this like <laughs> yeah i'm gonna buy a lexus yeah. not invest in any property <laughs> and I, I see how that worked out at the end yeah you know yeah. so it kind of i i saw that early on in the community of people trying to appear like something that, that they weren't yeah yeah yeah, yeah, and, yeah and how it affected the community too we yeah. just wanted to show each other that we were this one thing and we had these things but it really wasn't it was a facade it's such a facade man and and you know um my perspective my sort of perspective on everything has changed from when i was in college you know it was always about like oh shit i want to get that ysl belt and and because that shit is but dude i couldn't fucking afford that shit right it's just crazy spend like six seven hundred bucks on a fucking belt yeah you know but like I know that was just a thing and that's like and but then the reality is no one give a fuck if I wore that belt or not yeah no one can, maybe the first day they see me with it oh fuck that's nice yeah and then and then I wear it two or three times and then like people are like yeah whatever we saw it and then and then after that it's like I'm stuck with it right you can't sell that shit right right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah, and, yeah I and, do feel better though when I do and buy something that I can't afford but it's for like work yeah or it's like I also feel good when I buy something that is expensive, but I normally use a shit out of it. Yeah, exactly. Like it's a good yeah, yeah. investment, yeah, yeah. you know, like 
like a pair of boots that I have a pair of boots that I I spent like 600 bucks on, but I I've had them for 13 years. It's like I run in them. I, I run in them. I bathe in them. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But um, you know, I I do think that like sometimes, sometimes you get what you pay for, and certain yeah. things, if you can keep it for a lifetime, then then maybe it's worth it. But I don't know. And I always tell myself like, oh, if I get this thing, I, it kind of pushes me to like try harder, yeah. work harder a little bit. Yeah. You know? If it's for the motivation, absolutely. You know, like there's things that that uh, you know, I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to move into a better place but not because and not something extravagant maybe just to get in a better school district for my kid right but that drives me you know and i think that's healthy but uh i'm not trying to get like a ferrari yeah you know and i don't need that anymore you know if i had that much money to get a ferrari i'd probably put it in a film or something yeah you know so uh, let me let me go back to uh just gook um which man i i gotta say i i i don't know if i told you this but i thought that that film for what you did with the budget uh-huh. and all around with casting and your your limit your limitations and you're kind of being on the newer side with the, this right mm-hmm. I mean you've gone through it but you're still a pretty new filmmaker oh yeah no man, for I sure I thought you did a fantastic job thanks, man thanks man yeah thank you man it really yeah. it really was great like yeah. man and that, just having a film full length like that it was beautiful what was like what was the decision with the whole black and white aspect of it so uh. One of the big inspirations for that film was um, this French film from the early 90s called Le Haine. Mm-hmm. And that also was like about three disenfranchised youths. One was Algerian, one was French, and one was African-American in, in France. And it was about police brutality. These guy, This police beat the shit out of this kid, and he was in a coma. And these three friends were walking, and it was their friend. They're walking around town just angsty and young, and and one of them, you know, it made Vincent Cassell famous, and um, have you seen one of the oceans? You know the guy that did the capoeira and shit. Uh, it, and and, anyway, anyway, yeah, yeah, this yeah. It's, this French actor that's famous, and like he has a gun, and he's like, if he dies, I'm gonna kill a cop tonight. I'm yeah, gonna yeah. kill a cop today. And it was so much fucking, so much energy, and but it was black and white. Hmm. And I was always like, damn, that was such an interesting choice. And then I was thinking about the riots, and it was such a black and white situation because Rodney King and the white yeah. cops that beat him and shit. But then I was like, but it wasn't black and white, man, because the people who got affected were like Korean and, and the mm. neighborhoods were like, right, right, right. you know, Chicanos and African-Americans. And I was like, well, fuck, then, you know, metaphorically, like, let's make it a black and white film. But like, right. I'm challenging that. Right. Um, so that's that was, a you know, the idea to make it black and white. The, the, the more practical reason is that it was period. It's early 90s. Mm-hmm. And black and white just automatically makes you feel the past. Right. right. And then right. thirdly. Production design wise, we couldn't afford to dress the streets with like all cars from like the eighties. Yeah. You know, and and um, you know, like Just gotta find creative ways. Yeah, to play with what you have. So uh, you know, the black and white kind of masked that. You know, in the beginning, if you watch when the little girl is running away from home and running to the store, like there's that street with the sunrise and everything. There's a fucking white, like two thousand 13, 14 Kia <laughs> and I'm like fuck man that shit I, I can't stop looking at it every time I look at that that's frame that's hilarious yeah yeah but yeah but the black and white helps that because right. if it was color you'd be like what the f- I thought this was 1992 that's a pretty ambitious to take a period like work on a period piece right as one mm-hmm. of your first films and shit I mean yeah you know but it was necessary I, I felt like I, I had an obligation because it was about to be the 25th anniversary of the right, rides right 
And I knew I had heard of other projects that were being made. So I was just like, you know what? We just at least have to have our voices throw our hat in the ring. Right. Like we can't just, we can't, all these projects can't come out and we don't even have anything for us. Right. And you, and you related directly because you said your family owned a business, right? Yeah. And it was affected in the riots? Yeah, we got looted. Um, got completely destroyed, you know. And Was it a shoe store? It what? was like a wholesale. My dad did wholesale shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, tennis, like uh, athletic shoes, and and uh, it was like the third third day, and you know they ba- they put barricades on the the freeway. Like my dad's business was literally right across the the, the freeway, like mm-hmm. right on the other side of Compton, and they barricade didn't matter. Like they they tore it down, um, and you know, and it was yeah. Also thinking about L.A. at that time, it was just it was so much more crazy and violent and right and wild wild west yeah and it was just a different time and um just yeah my dad was there he like camped out with uh but at certain points like is your life worth it yeah (laughs) and your your dad was in the film yeah my dad plays at the liquor store owner across the street that's incredible i didn't know that until i talked to you and you told me that i thought he did a fantastic job thanks man. man yeah he was a fucking terror to work with (laughs) <laughs> I could a, only imagine already yeah. working with, uh, under a Korean, but your dad, like, that's Dude. already a fucking disaster. Like, um, questioning everything, giving me specific hours he can work, he doesn't want to work. But he had such a good, like, the great thing, uh, what, the reason I say he did a fantastic job is, like, you hate him and then you uh, you yeah. have this empathy, you like him. Yeah. Towards, he really captured that. Yeah. So, and yeah I, here's yeah. a cigarette. Like, you just smoke. It's yeah. Yeah. It felt real, yeah. man. Yeah, it's such a Korean thing to do. Like, sit down, let's have a talk, like, have a cigarette. Like, you know, an older person giving you a cigarette like that, they wouldn't do that unless, like, they're trying to relate with you. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, like, I-, I was really happy my dad agreed to do it. I was honored, you know, and and um, the biggest thing for me now, like, as I become older, is I always have that. So no matter That's amazing. Yeah. if she gets bad with me and my dad or whatever, like, I can always look back on that. And I can always show my kid that. So that's that was something that I, I hold close to my heart because not many people get to do that, and I got to do it. And and luckily, the film was was decent. And well, what was his? Well, what did he say about the film after he saw? He didn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He did? You know we went to Sundance and shit. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And he was like, he was like, don't even think about telling me to come to stage. I'm just here to watch the film. Don't right. Tell, don't like call me out or nothing, you know. And he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna wear hiking gear on purpose, so like you can't call me up to the stage. <laughs> and like he wore like a beanie and shit. And then and everybody, I was wearing a suit. We were all wearing suits. Right, right. And then and then as soon as the credits start rolling, they turn up the lights and they invite everybody. Say so he was the fucking first one up there. <laughs> I was like, dude, that sounds that ass some shit my mom would do. Yeah, that's bro. a Korean ass shit, you know. Oh my god. And then he took the fucking mic and gave like a monologue and shit about. The himself. worst shit is when you got to explain to your parents like how big of a thing actually is, like yeah. something that's already prestigious, but you yeah. have to explain how big the oscars is or sundance yeah. is like oh my god he still didn't care you know even after sundance i mean deep down inside i knew he was proud but he wasn't gonna tell me he was proud he's, he's right. a korean dad but um you know it wasn't until this this film that we we just made uh that he watched that he's not in it and yeah. i actually i tried to get him to be in it again um uh, but he was like fuck you i'm not doing it like you know i already did you a favor and all that yeah yeah, yeah. but uh he watched this film and he was like he didn't even say like good job it was just like yeah, maybe you got a future, you know, right, like, right. but it wasn't even like a props yeah. kind of thing, you know. Um, I was saying, it, I think this whole thing with Asians 
like excelling and thriving in the media is like gonna be worse with your parents because yeah. if your parent if your parents friends are become uh, and their kids are becoming doctors and lawyers like yeah. you won't really know unless you hear from the parents but oh, yeah. if their if their uh, kids are on TV and shit like yeah. your parents are going to see that shit way quicker and yeah. be like how come you're not on the fucking lifetime channel yeah. like you know what i'm saying you're going to get that shit way harder bro <laughs> and that shit was i mean that was harder like transitioning more behind camera or like you know, is that that is one of the qualms is they talk about fucking, you know, this Asian wave and like, why aren't you in, why aren't you in this? Like, why weren't you in this yeah. project? And I'm like, because I don't, I'm doing something different. And they're like, well, well you they gave you, you that. Your shit is just an indie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're just like, your shit, like who see, how many people see it, whatever. Jesus. And then, you know, it's always the next question is like, how much money are you making? You know, yeah, like yeah, that yeah. bullshit. But, you know, How much are Kickstarter pulling in? Yeah, they don't even give a shit about Kickstarter. <laughs> That's the next yeah. wave of Asian parents. <laughs> yeah, How yeah. much did your Kickstarter <laughs> yeah, do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, you you know, like you're 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 a, chi- you're a child of. When did your parents come here? Um, they came. Well, I, I was three, uh-huh. and this was nineteen uh, eighty nine, ninety. So they, yeah. but they 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 didn't come here for high. Because some people they they come here for high school, whatever. Like no, no, no. My came. parents still don't speak English well. Okay. Yeah. Damn. So then when you started like rapping, were they like, what are you doing? Nah, I, you know what? My parents were different in the sense where they were really, they were working all the time. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had a lot of freedom to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to run around the city, yeah. grew up on television a lot. You know, my yeah. dad also kind of, I, I like to think they kind of fell victim. Like the American dream was not exactly what they thought it was going to be either. Yeah. You know, they didn't make the right investments. I think yeah. that's also a story that people don't tell. I think you're telling that a lot I in do. your new film, right? Like, yeah, I do. With, even even Gook, though. Like, right. I do. That is, uh, that is a theme that I do put in my movies is the uh, the the faults of that American dream. Right. You know, because I, I think we fall into it a lot, too, that we don't realize that those little things are going to be far more important later on, whether it's yeah. like spending that time with your family, because yeah. they were so focused on chasing that dream yeah. that I, they weren't around there for me a lot <laughs> when yeah. I was growing up. Yeah. And I see myself kind of sometimes making the same mistake as I'm so focused and have this tunnel vision of making yeah. my dreams come true. Yeah. I'm like not being there for my niece sometimes. Yeah. And it's like, I'm like, oh shit! I'm kind of doing the same thing. I'm doing the same thing too. I have to, I have to stop myself. Right. And my wife has to remind me, like, dude, you know, you got to spend time with us. Right. And I got to slow, slow down because I am like a workaholic because I got that from, you know, our parents. Exactly. And my dad's guilty of it too. I never, like, growing up, I never saw my dad. Right. I never saw him, and like, you know, um, even like, you know, we all got beaten shit as kids being right. Korean. And like my the few times my dad did beat me, like it was for shit that like I shouldn't have been, been beat for. Right, right. Because he felt like he needed to, because he's never around. Like the one like tiny thing I did, he beat the shit out of me. But like, I'm like, where were you when like I actually should have been beat for this, this, and this? Right, right, you right. You know, beat me for this stupid bullshit? Yeah. Like, but, but my dad was guilty of that too. And I think right now he, you know, honestly speaking, I think he does kind of, he feels like a little bit missed out or a little bit. Dude, it's the same shit. My dad's like coming around now and shit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, me too. You know, like hitting me on Kakao Talk with like (laughs) stickers and shit. I'm like, what the, did you buy this pack? (laughs) This is not in the default. (laughs) This ain't in the default, homie. Like I see that. It's it's mad cute, you know, but it's like also like, it's awkward. Like, but it is, it's interesting. I think they they do hit that point in their lives where they they realize maybe they could have been there a little bit more. And, you know, but I, I, I also, I think 
as I've gotten older, I have an understanding too. It's not mm. like fuck you, dad. You weren't there for me. You know, yeah. like Asian kids don't really go into yeah. that shit. Like, yeah, you know, my parents are divorced. My parents are divorced yeah, and everything. And and I was like, I hated my dad for a long time. And and um, as I got older, I realized life isn't that simple. Exactly. Yeah, and like to what you're saying is, I do see my da- my my parent, both my parents, is just human, and with faults, warts, and all, and. And, uh, you know, like, not that I'm giving them a pass or anything. That's not the right word. I think I just, like, accept it for what it is. It, I, I feel the exact same way. I don't give a pass. My dad was definitely, he was in, he got abusive. He was drunk. He had a gambling problem. But that motherfucker provided for us. I'm yeah. like, dude, if you're a drunk gambler and you could provide for your family, <laughs> yeah. god damn. That's, gangster. that's multitasking, if yeah. you ever ask me. But, yeah, yeah no, it is, it is. There, you get that empathy you get older as a man you know i've yeah. gone through my own addictions and you know yeah. all that so so it's very understandable how it can yeah. be there but you also learn from the mistakes that's Absolutely. the biggest thing that's the biggest thing that's i think that's the the uh the best part of it is us being american and and you know being you know based and being from here is that we can look at our parents and kind of separate ourselves from their path and our path and improve upon it, you know, um, which is what I'm trying to do with my daughter. Right. You know, um, but, you know, and I know that money isn't everything because my dad, he was so on that, you know, mm. and like it was just like if you if you don't have money, you're nothing. Right. You know, and I'm just like, no, that's not true. Yeah. You know, I know that's, that's been the, That's been the same thing for, for yeah. me. And I, I actually think my dad has kind of gotten a little bit out of that mentality a little bit more yeah. too. He knows it's still important. Yeah. But I don't think he, I think he knows that it's not everything. But yeah, man, no, it's like it's it's really, you know, the biggest thing is really refreshing watching your journey and, and talking to you and stuff because you're from here and it's just a different experience, you know, like being in entertainment. No one is from here. You, you mean Koreatown? Koreatown or, yeah, yeah. And, and even Southern California. Yeah. You know, not many people are from here. They're from like wherever, you know, New York or right, like, right, right. or wherever. And I just remember it's just a, such a specific experience, mm-hmm. especially in the '80s and '90s being here. And I was born in Garden Grove, and I grew up mostly, you know, in the suburbs of Orange County. Um, but you know, we did all our gro- every Saturday, Sunday, we come up to K Town and right, we right. go to sauna and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. and um, you know, <clears throat> and I, you know, like. Ever since like ninth, tenth grade, start coming to Koreatown to like party, and and you know I was like always a little shit kid that's with the older kids, yeah. and, and I know that's wh- who you were too, you know, yeah. like the little kid with all the old Just older the kids. shitty adult now. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, I mean yeah. I, that that brings to you know this new film you work uh, mm. you worked on and it's gonna come out soon, Miss Purple. Mm. Yeah, um, let's talk about that because I haven't seen it. This one's I'm yeah. not really familiar with. Yeah, so. it's basically you know an estranged brother and sister uh, who have sort of you know lost touch and and uh their dad is now dying mm. and the living nurse <clears throat> quits uh in the beginning of the film because you know at home hospice care is expensive she's not paying right. them. and um so the sister who's taking care of her has no choice but to like call up her brother and be like hey can you help me out and they kind of reconnect but all sort of like the past starts to come up mm. and they're they grew up in k-town and right and uh you know it touches on a lot of like things like it is the failed american dream like their dad right there's some flashbacks and stuff and their dad like really tried but just didn't just couldn't get his shit together and mm. 
and their mom left when they were young and right. they kind of raised themselves and and um I so think like being good Asian uh, kids and being there for even the relationship yeah, might not have been strong. Exactly. Or, but, you know, who they are is they didn't go to Harvard. Mm. They didn't go to Stanford. Yeah. They stayed in Koreatown, you know, and one of them, the brother feels like maybe he can get out. But he's kind of a kind of a bum and he lives in a, like a trailer in someone's backyard. And right. she lives at home and she does like uh, Tomi work. You know, that's how she makes her living. And. And, like you know, a hostess, a hostess, and yeah. it's quick money, and and you know, but then you know, in the film, like she sort of, there's a point where she needs to make the money, so she kind of crosses a line and all this stuff. And, right, right. It's and, the decisions that yeah. You know, and the brother is just like you know what I love about that the, this relationship in this film is that it's just an honest depiction of a brother and sister. Uh, you have a sister, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I have a sister. <clears throat> I have a younger sister. Same. And. <clears throat> And uh, I don't get to see a lot of films about Asian American just siblings, right? And just the honesty, like just just stripped down, man. And like, it's not about all the Asian shit that you talk about. They're just human. They don't talk about being Asian in the film. Yeah, you know, it's just the setting is K Town. They just happen to be Korean American, um, and that to me, I get you know when I watch the film, I get really emotional because it feels so real to me and it's so sort of is this more for you when you made it more about were you looking at more of your relationship as a sibling or as a son or what what was it both both because i tried in my films there's a lot of layers right yeah but i wanted to make this film because because of the sibling dynamic right um and how weird that is and especially being korean american and having siblings it's just different like you kind of have overlapping friends, but you don't, and it's like you ha- you live in two separate worlds, you know, guys and gr- especially the brother sister relationship, and um, in in private you're a lot closer than you are in public, and and uh, you know it's just that sort of dynamic that I feel rings true that I wanted to explore. Right. Um, and then on top of that, it's like the filial piety and that sort of obligation to your parents and all that, and and um, you know the girl to a fault just can't let the dad go, right? And also feels bad for her, feels bad that her dad didn't fulfill his dreams to the point where she's not really thinking about herself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important in this film is her journey too, to discovery of like where her ni- life needs to go after her dad. Like she never really thought about that. Right. She's just day to day like what she needs to do. I just see that a lot in our community. Right. Nobody just takes a second to really think about their lives and the relationships they, they do have or the sacrifice that to uh, to uh, a fault that they do make for what, you know? And I think um, it's just also in it is a lot of just self-examination for myself, like exploring right. through the themes. But I think you'll like the film, man, because it's just – I already I can already see how it relates to a lot of my relationships yeah. inside my family. It's difficult, man. Sometimes you wish it was just that easy. You just yeah. get up and make yeah. a decision that just changes everything. But no, nah, life happens. You know, yeah. whether you, while you're chasing your dream, life happens. Some people yeah. even having a dream is a privilege. You know, like yeah. all these different elements. She doesn't even have it. That's the thing is she doesn't even have a dream. Right. So it is a privilege. You know, and and. <clears throat> 
And because it's so specific in terms of K-Town, and this could be K-Town, Garden Grove, Fullerton, who cares, right? It could be all of those. But like the specificity of it, I've found, you know, taking it out to film festivals, that it really resonates outside of our community. Right. And the people who've come up to me crying or like feeling like, oh my God, I had a parent that did this, or I have a brother or sister and I haven't talked to them in a long time, hasn't necessarily only been Asian. It's yeah. a lot of it's a lot of everything. I, I else. think I think what these stories is actually now that we have a chance to tell these stories, what you realize more and more is that it's not just an Asian thing. Yeah. People can relate to these things everywhere. You know how yeah. I know this because on on memes, yeah. I'll see a meme about like you're you're Asian if you had this cookie thing that had a sewing kit in it. Everybody had that shit. <laughs> like, it turns out everybody yeah. had that. Yeah, shit. yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. little things like that. You realize, nah, like. You know, but we finally get to connect through through films and yeah. TV and, and storytelling. Yeah, man. And that's the most rewarding part for me, man. When we went to Sundance and after the screening, having some, some white lady come up to me and like start to talking and she starts talking, she gets more emotion, starts crying. And I, and that, that hug that we give each other, I'm like, fuck, man. What, what more do you need? Yeah. What more do you need? I mean, you know, like... I don't like. I don't hate white people. Anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you know. No, no, and, it's yeah. No, it's yeah. real. It's 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 touch. I mean, all these films that are you know, the farewell is doing yeah, the same thing. I yeah. hear the same uh, reviews and stuff. And I know? love Lulu. You know, as as a director, she she really took something personal. It's a personal story. And, right. And we all, of course, we all love Aquafina, and mm -hmm. and she's our girl. And and you know, she, Lulu has created this such this vibrant story, and most of it is in Mandarin. Right, but it's vibing with like white folk. That is the crazy thing about it. It, it is literally like eighty-five percent Mandarin. That is wild. that is that is some kung fu. That that is some magician shit. Right, and and we have to we have to support that man, and right. we have to tip our hats. We have to give credit where credit is due to people who are doing it, doing the action. You know, it's great though because like just following it up with that film, you got yours coming out, and mm. I think that's the big thing. You got to keep that momentum alive. Momentum, and we got to support each other. Right. You know, that's my biggest qualm is that it shouldn't be conditional. Mm. You know, I feel like in our community, it's so conditional. It's like, well, if you have to prove yourself or you have to be something or you have to right, right, right for us for it to be worthy of our Asian <laughs> eyes, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's like, no, like somebody makes a great film, don't talk shit on, like I, I love how it's so easy to tear somebody's shit down. Right. You know what's hard to do is lift somebody up. Right. Or, or, if, you are in a, or if you are in a position of power pulling somebody up to your level instead of, you know, I, you know and this another big qualm I have is operating from a place of scarcity. Being like, right. oh fuck, I'm here. Well, if they get here, then there's less for me. That's oh, you mean like feeling threatened? Yeah, nah. or like feeling like there's not enough to go around. That's bullshit. That 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 is bullshit. Uh, just knowing, especially as a musician, I know that oh, because man, at, yeah. you know, there there's people who make a living with all, all types of shit you yeah. would not even imagine. Yeah, subgenres yeah. and soundscapes that expand everywhere. Yeah, man. You know, trust me. There's a lot of whack motherfuckers making a living <laughs> out there too. I'm just saying, there's yeah. room for everybody. There's That's why everybody. I know that doesn't make me discouraged. Yeah. I'm like. People, you know, you don't. I'm have not to saying. Think. I'm not saying don't be competitive. Yeah, you should. Yeah, competition is good to make to push each other to be better. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying like don't don't like just poo poo on on people's shit and talk shit and like and not support because you feel threatened or like 
or you are just angry at the world. That's what I'm saying. So if yeah, if you're shitting on it like that hard, that means you definitely ha- it's hitting your feelings some way. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's affecting <laughs> yeah. you somehow. Yeah, it's affecting you because you gotta yeah. care about some shit to hate it. Exactly, man. <laughs> you gotta care about exactly. some shit to hate it. Exactly, man. You know what I mean? Like shit that's yeah. really like not even worthy of some shit. You just brush it off. Yeah, but yeah. if you're really hating, you yeah. this is hitting you yeah. some way. And that's why I don't care it, when you know I've always been the underdog. Um, just in this industry and i don't care if people hate on my shit i like that i don't mind right. it you know because it's it is affecting you somehow and you're at least you're talking about it right you know and it fuels you too yeah it fuels I, a lot you, yeah. a lot of hate actually does fuel me it's a great yeah, fuel for yeah me. it's okay yeah. it's okay but at least but i do think that like it, it can fuel you but at the end of the day like your actions speak louder than words it's like yeah. okay you can you can let somebody but if they deserve the respect or the the, the props you got to give it to him. Oh, man. for sure. Yeah. No, no, I 100% agree. Yeah. And I turn into a fanboy when I really like some shit. Yeah. And I check myself. When I really start hating on some shit, it's because I'm like a little bit spiteful or some yeah. shit. Like yeah, I got some too. other feelings yeah. like that's surfacing. It's yeah. not like I'm, it's not like I'm like Siskel and Ober. Like whatever you over. Like I'm a yeah. fucking real critic. No, yeah. it's some shit that, nah, this guy curved me like a year ago. Exactly. <laughs> or yeah. some stupid shit like that. Yeah, yeah, and I'm the same way. I mean, I'm guilty of it too. Right, you know? right, um, right. But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, man, like we're, we're headed in a direction that I think is positive overall. Right. We still have a lot of shit to work on. And, and um, you know, and like the, 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 the hating shit and, and, and valid, like us having like to validate somebody to to for them, for us to like watch their stuff or listen to their stuff. But, um, you know, other than that, like, I feel like we are headed like to something that I'm really excited about. That's what's up. Yeah, because 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. You know. We were doing the accents in the Two Broke Girls. Yeah. Fuck, <laughs> fuck them, man. Yo, Miss yeah. um, Purple is dropping when? September 6th in L.A. It's starting at uh, the Newark Theater in Santa Monica. Uh, and then it's going to expand out to uh, New York. New York following weekend. Then. New York following weekend in uh, what, what, what theaters? It's the Landmark. The landmark theaters and make sure everybody you know all the all these numbers are important you know yeah. uh, opening weekend it, I, i'll tell you i'll tell you how it is important for us is that if it does well it determines when they expand it which theater they're going to put it in right so like are they going to put it in a theater for it to go die or are they going to put it in their premiere theater that like it gets more exposure so more people can discover it right um that's why the opening th- those numbers do matter because these are this is how like the theaters uh, make their decisions, right? So uh, you know, it really, it really, uh, it really does support, matter. man. We got the numbers, dude. Yeah. You just gotta go up and go watch that shit, and not go to your little download site, you know, and fucking <laughs> 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 motherfuckers know all the sites out yeah, there. They I know, know all the joints, but uh, I know, man. But you know, I would say this, man. You know, this type of indie film that's so honest and 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 speaks from a perspective that is authentic. These are the 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 films that. I hope you guys will put your money towards because because this helps educate what we really like. For sure. And as we should go support Crazy Rich Asians and stuff but like but these films, man. This is this is th- these are films that make a difference in a different way. This is a counter program. This makes right. a difference in a different way that humanizes us. Right, right, right. That right. doesn't make us like a stereotype or like a just a two-dimensional character. It makes us like fully breathing 
people you know you heard it here first go yeah. bootleg the white films um <laughs> yeah, but support yeah. these right here yo yeah. justin sean thank you thank so you much brother. man yeah. much love dude thank you brother. thank you go support uh september um six I, we'll put all the information here we're yeah. gonna drop it like right when it's ready before it um yo uh tune in next week for another episode of fun with Don. peace Yee.